The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 4, The Journey to Be a Sport Academic. Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. My goal each week is to inspire and encourage you to be the best you can be within the sports industry. Now, if you are a current university sports student and it's your first time listening in, it is great to have you on board. I hope today's episode can be helpful with regards to your studies and career prospects. Now, relating back to the show... Today's special guest is Dr. John Hayton from Liverpool John Moores University. John is a full-time lecturer teaching the next generation of academic sport talent on topics relating to his research on how sport can impact in our local communities. Today's show will be discussing the career journey of a sport academic. John, it's great to have you on the show. Please can you take a few minutes by providing the listeners an overview of your sport academic career journey when did it all start? Okay, well, hello, my name's John Hayton. Where it all started, um, well, naturally going through um, a degree, uh, sports studies and physical education degree, That's that probably got me on the road, you'd have to say, um, although I never thought or was thinking about going into to lecturing and becoming an academic um, in the long run. Um, and that allowed me to see what was out there, that degree, more than anything, um, and really work myself out a bit and, and see how the the land layer. Um, and then I realised where I had an interest and then pursued a master's. And again, I thought I'd end up being a, a practitioner maybe. Um, but really a, a PhD opportunity popped up, and which was in a little bit of a, a different discipline, different subject to my, my master's, which which I love my master's, which was in sport and exercise, nutrition science. Um, but this this PhD was at, was at Durham um, and it was on a, a social policy focused sport-based project um, to promote inclusion, social inclusion in the northeast amongst a range of, of hard to reach groups and using university sites as kind of the vehicle, the intervention centre to deliver sport for, for mass petition to those groups. Um, and while I was doing my PhD, I was also teaching at, at Durham as well. And um, I think still not really thinking about going into academia being a lecturer, but I just really enjoyed um, working with students with good ideas and having good debates with those guys. And it was a nice aside to the actual PhD, the day-to-day kind of grind of the PhD. Um, and I guess I just moved into it from there, really, applied for a, for a post and um, lucky enough to, to do quite well with it. So That's interesting, John, but what really inspired you to be a sport academic? Um, well, there's, there's a few components within that. Um, I think the main thing for me is, I think when I really started to enjoy, enjoy my learning, I think, and when I realised what it was all about, probably was my master's course. Um, and it's, it's a way of constantly challenging yourself and, and kind of um, finding new knowledge, finding things out, learning about yourself. And I just kind of thought that academic, academia was one maybe pathway where I could continue to develop, um, continue to develop my knowledge and my understandings of the world um, and how to apply that understanding through sport and to sport, I guess. 
Um, at the same time, I, I mentioned the students I'd work with in my teaching, in my university teaching um, at Durham in the beginning. Um, and they're a really, really good bunch of the students you get at Durham and um, really interactive, really engaging. And I just really enjoyed myself there, to be honest. Um, I also had a really good PhD supervisor um, who is, is just a big name in his field, but really down to earth, really supportive. Um, just had a really good relationship with him. Um, and he really kind of showed me how research should be done. Um, the kind of not only the, the mechan mechanics of, of research, but also how to have some integrity about going about your research. So he was certainly important there, um, a guy called uh, Peter Millward. And I guess in some very, very small way, I hoped that I could provide um, a voice for, for people who maybe felt a bit marginalised from sport, having equal access to sport, um, or even just to, to demonstrate that the positive sides of sport for, for people in their lives as well, some small measure. That's interesting, John. Please could you explain what you did for your Masters? My Masters was in exercise nutrition science. Um, so my my original degree had a little bit of sports science in, but it wasn't the, the main strand, if you like. Um, so it was kind of a, it was something I had to hit the ground running with. So I had to do a lot of work, a lot of reading. And I guess I just came into my own and everything. For my master's, it was it was for myself I did that because it was something I was really, I knew what I wanted to do and I really wanted to do it. Whereas I suppose the degree seemed to be something fresh out of school, fresh out of sixth form. Um, I've got to I've got to do a degree in something. I love sport. I'll do sport. Um, finding myself out a bit, but I really learned how to study and, and how to learn, and, and the kind of got this love for learning for my masters. Um, but like I say, it was just the, the actual PhD um, and the opportunity was in something which was a bit seemed a bit important to me and a bit special. Um, it was back in my native northeast, and providing opportunities, the project was providing opportunities for people who maybe hadn't been as fortunate enough to have the opportunities I had in sport. And I thought it's a perfect um, project to give back to, or at least study through a PhD. So would you say it was your PhD which sort of provided that light bulb moment when you said, when you thought to yourself, right, this is what I want to do as a career, as a full-time job? Um, I think the affirmation came later into the into the PhD really um, because a PhD it's it's not easy it's a struggle at times um, you're battling with yourself you second guess yourself have I got this theory right am I applying it correctly and it, it's 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 a tough old thing and um, it's not easy to do and it's a personal journey I think and the teaching was a really nice kind of um, light side to that and I'd say I'd say it wasn't really till I got to the end of my PhD. Um, on the back of a really good experience at Durham, surrounded by a really good team of both academics and students and postgraduates as well, that I felt, yeah, I want to spend a little bit more time in this, um, see how it goes, um, look for a, a position, got a senior lectureship, and uh, and go from there, really. Now, relating to your current job, what core skills do you need in this line of work? Well, my current job, the current programme that I teach on. So I teach on a sport development um, programme and I do a little bit on the on the sport coaching programme that we run. So the skills that you need, um, you probably are going to need some some practical skills in the field if you're going to go out into this line of work. Um, so that could be um, coordinating individuals, uh, liaising with different groups, different stakeholders, different partners on the ground, kind of day-to-day -day coaching, delivery of, um, of sport projects. So you need to have that wherewithal and um, that kind of that street logic about you, I think. But at the same time, you have to be willing to 
to work hard, to, to study um, and and to learn about the, the theories and the processes that are proposed to understand some, some mechanisms and, and some social process and people once you come out of university to work with these guys. Just touching back on the core skills, the one thing I realised when I was at Durham in relation to who I was working with, i.e. the lecturers, they always seem they've got a very busy timetable. Now, from your experience, how important is time management? Um, time management is, well, it's, it's crucial. It's everything. Um, I mean, I many there's many weeks where I do work seven days. Um, there's many weeks where I have to have late nights and, and very, very early starts. Um, I mean, every university is different. The way universities are set up are very, very different. I mean, Durham, for example, um, where you went, Ed, um, there's a big research community. It's really research intensive and research led. You've got world leading names there. So you, you've got this balance between the, the esteemed academics who kind of lead modules, but you've also got the postgraduate PhD community who can help with the teaching and that. We so much where I am don't have that so much. So I have, I have kind of a bigger teaching load um, and I also have to do my own my own research. So I have to kind of use my own time um, to, to necessarily get that done. Um, but there's also a lot of um, pastoral care work that I have to do as part of my day-to-day job as well, which which I really, really enjoy. Um, but it means I've got to be very much there for, for students as and when they need me to respond to that. Very simple question, John. How do you balance with all that workload? Um, risk the wrath of my girlfriend, usually. Um, it, it's difficult. It, it ebbs and flows. Um, there's an undulating nature to it, I think. And I think you kind of you hold out for the summer really because you know you've got to you've got to carry on with with your, your research as you can through the teaching year but usually the summer is when I'll, I'll kind of go and do my field work and I'll do the bulk of my write-up um, and my writing up in the summer so from pretty much early September um, to the end of May early April is sorry um, June rather it is completely teaching based um, and I'll try and do as much research as I can but it's um it is a it's a balancing act and I suppose in my mind, because I'm still quite young, at least in my mind, um, that I'll get this work done early. I'll work really hard early and hopefully it'll pay dividends in the future. On a personal aspect of the work you're doing, what motivates you in the work you do? Um, well, I mentioned it briefly before um, because it's always pushing yourself, um, learning new things um, getting research out there, which you think makes a contribution. And that might be a contribution to the field, the research community, but also on a practical level. So how can we actually help people? Um, for example, the work I do with volunteers and um, volunteer managers, what research can I do with those guys, which is going to pull out some recommendations to enhance the experience and the satisfaction, the motivation of, of the volunteers that keep them coming back, that keep them happy in what they do. Um, at the same time, some of the research I do is, is we focus on how um, a, a very local-based um, sports disability organisation kind of weathers austerity cuts and manages to deliver um, both um, professional, well, elite-level um, Paralympic and disability sport provision, but also more general public-based and, and mass participation-based disability sport provision as well. Um, so to basically look at, as a case study at those organisations and how they manage to not only weather maybe austerity and the cuts from that, but also kind of push on as well. What, what kind of um, messages and recommendations can other organisations, other third sector or um, social enterprises take from the, this charity organisation, for example, and put into their practice just to help um, consolidate, reinforce and hopefully if they can move on. 
Relating to the research side of your job, from your experience, why is research important in modern day sport? Um, well, it's it's how you it's how you improve the field. Um, it's how if you've got a maybe a, a social problem that you see in sport, um, it's how you can understand that a little bit better. Um, it's how you can maybe use an understanding of the mechanisms and social processes behind that problem to try and come up with some form of solution to try and change and affect a solution. Um, I mean, sport's a very broad field. I'm in sport development, maybe under the auspices of, of maybe the social sciences. You've got sport, sport science on maybe another side of things where they're working with um, the cutting edge sport science technology to get those small increments in performance with the athletes. So it's very, very important. Um, but for me as well, um, research, it's not just something that I do for the research community. It's something I also do and I'm proud to do to support my own teaching. I think it's important for, for students um, to see that their lecturers are doing um, are doing research because they know they're actually in the field, delivering current and contemporary um, knowledge to them. Um, and at the same time, it allows me to, because like students, I have to get feedback. I have to put my, my publications, my articles in for review. Um, I get comments back. I effectively get graded and um, revisions on those. And so it also helps me keep in touch with students a little bit, I think, and understand how they feel um, when they they get a mark back, when they get a piece of work back, um, uh, and when when they genuinely struggle. So I can I can understand that and use my experience to help inform um, their feedback and their feed forward as well. So I think it's the the whole range of, of helping not only the students but also that academic and, and research community. Relating back to the teaching aspect of the job, John, what is the best method to really engage with your students? I'd, I wouldn't say there's there's one, um, and there's there's many dynamics and there's many things you have to take into consideration. What day of the week, what time of day it is, um, can affect students. But I generally say that if it's something you know inside out, like your own research, if it's something you can bring to life a little bit, um, if you can get that level of engagement with them, as well change things up. Don't you don't always just have to have reams and reams of slides of of, of words and sentences. Um, Use, you can use podcasts, you can use videos, you can use um, panoptos, so um, like using the virtual learning environment to record a, a, a lecture along with the slides. So they've always got that there and they can refer back to it and do tasks as and when they want to based on a theme that we're discussing um, as we go through the weeks in a module. Um, but I think I think the battle is always with students getting them to, to do some reading and getting to get them to look at their own case studies they've got interest in then they can bring that to the table and we can really discuss that because once you get students talking and discussing through their ideas then they really start to learn and the importance for me is not just to to give them my perspective i don't i don't want them just to regurgitate and repeat what i say i want them to form their own perspectives and um, so they need to meet me halfway with that and do a little bit of work and, and many of them do some of them i'm still battling with them to get them to do a bit more but most of them do that and i think Later on, um, they do appreciate that. Relating about students really putting work onto the table, how important is it for them to realise that their degree can impact the movement of modern day sport? I think it's I think it's really really important, um, and I think we're fortunate enough where I am at Liverpool John Moores University that we build placements in um, to their programmes through years or levels one, two, and three of their degree programme. So they're actually out there. On the ground and they're experiencing um, what it's like to work in these positions and professions and um, how difficult it is but also where the areas of need are and what the problems are within that um, 
and so they can they don't only just see where the jobs might be um, but they also see what skills they need to have and understand what they need to do to get that job later on. Um, but in terms of, of contributing to the sport, I mean, sport development, um, the, the large focus of what I do is on trying to improve opportunities and equal access to sport on a mass, partic- mass participation level um, rather than a pure focus on maybe elitism um, and elite sport. So understanding their role in that and they can have a role in that and they don't just have to be paid to do that they can do it as volunteers as well and I think they very quickly realize um, that that arranging and uh, organizing sport is very difficult we often have limited resources and they pay a big play a big role but their personality and their knowledge is, is fundamental to the to the impact and impression that they can make. You're sort of highlighting a key topic in regards to the research side I think the sports industry as a whole always think of research relating to the elite side of sport. How important is research at a grassroots level? For example, children being more involved in sport to, let's say, reduce obesity rates. Yeah, I think it has to be a two-way street um, because we can't just be here doing our research um, in in our offices um, and then putting it out into, into journals, which might not be accessible to to people who are who are in schools. I mean, they, sh- they should be, um, but people who are in schools, people who work in sport development on the ground, there's got to be maybe a, a better link up there. Um, and I think we do do a lot of good work where we do evaluations for certain projects, where we go into school and we look at things like phys- physical literacy and how kids move and what, the, what they need to make them more confident and happy at school, um, especially in PE. Um, so I think... The students get that from, especially where we are, they get that with, with placements going into these areas of possible vocations. Um, and then where we give them the research-informed teaching, basically, so they can really understand that and, and wrap around what they experience with, with the theory. But at the same time, us going back to the organisations that we're effectively taken from in terms of data and insight and giving that bit back and breaking it down in, in more lay terms for them as well so it's, it's really really important but we need to work harder to make it more joined up I think. John I think you've highlighted a key point that research should be more available to improve areas in society such as schools. John at the end of each interview I like to finish with an inspirational question what advice would you give to a current university sports student who wants to pursue a career as a sport academic? I'd say I'd say have a go work hard, understand that it can be a long slog um, and understand most importantly that it's okay to struggle and you will struggle. Um, Surround yourself with good people. Find, if you can, if you're lucky enough, a supervisor who um, you respect and you trust and equally trusts and respects you, who will look at your work and help you, um, who will know when is the right time to tell you what you need to hear and then alternatively, when you're a bit low, tell you what you might want to hear or or the more positive stuff. Um, so that's really, really important. But as you work your way up, I think it's important to um, always remember, meet us halfway as, as a supervisor or as someone who you want to get some support from. Bring something to the table and we can work with that. Um, it's, never, it's never helpful really to come and just ask for, for answers um, because how much do you really understand and learn from that without working on your own ideas first? Um, so I think carry on doing what you're doing um, if, if you're working or if you're studying. Um, don't think that you have to go straight from degree to master's to PhD. Um, PhDs tend to be a requisite now. 
Um, it's not always the case. Um, you might go straight from a, uh, if you're a, a good scholar, you might go straight from a, a degree into a get selected for a PhD. But I think there's no age limit on it. And even if you question your level of ability, you can get there through hard work as long as you stick in um, and understand it. It's, it's, it can be quite a long road sometimes. Um, I think. I think just enjoy your learning as well. And you've got to be passionate about what you do because that will drive you through the hard times. John, that is great. How can people interact with you? Um, people can interact with me on my, my email, through my email. Um, I don't know if you will post my email address, but I can, I can repeat it if you want. Well, what I'll say, guys, to all the listeners out there, all the links that John has got to provide to, so you can connect with him, they'll be on my blog down below. And you'll get the access to connect with him if you want to ask any questions. John, in my opinion, is the man. He taught me once upon a time, and I think he's got great enthusiasm to how to inspire you guys. If you want to be sport academics, John is the person to contact. John, it's been a privilege to speak with you today. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Ed. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. What a great interview by John. To all those current sports students who are unsure about being a sport academic, I really do hope this episode has been helpful towards your decision. But if you'd like to connect with John and you'd like to ask some specific questions in regards to what you want to do after university and you're thinking about being a sport academic, please head to my website, which is www.education2sport.com. John is a great guy and he'll be happy to provide any advice to help you out. If this episode was helpful to you, I'd really appreciate your feedback. If you wouldn't mind heading down to iTunes and leaving a rating or even a review if you've got a bit more time in your hands, I'd really appreciate your support. At the end of each episode, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. John said, Be passionate in what you want to do because it will drive you through the hard times. It is the hard times which really show who we are and it's the hard times which really show how we create success.